Hi folks, this is Rue. And Dave. And welcome to So Many Books, So Little Time. Today we continue with Jane Austen's Northanger Abbey and Chapter 23. Music! It is the second recording of 2021. Yes, uh, there. we're not going to go into it too much, but there have been some... There has been some challenging, tumultuous news around the world because apparently 2020 was not the only year we were going to experience this, and it will continue for a while now, apparently. But yeah. let us hope that does not... Um, it does not mean that this is not a year uh, which is an opportunity for folks to strengthen their bonds of community enjoy more books mm, yes yes may maybe maybe tell your your favorite podcast how awesome they are wink wink nudge nudge <laughs> maybe read books together with your friends and tell us about it we'd be really happy to hear actually that'd be really awesome i i am quite happy to encourage and promote people not book clubs where you feel pressured to to <laughs> oh i didn't read the book uh, no but like we're talking just sitting down with your friends saying, hey, what's the latest book you've read? And and was it really good? Would you recommend it? I'm looking or, for or, something. Yeah. Or doing what we do and, you know, get together with some people and actually, like, read through a chapter or two and discuss it every week or fortnight or whenever you can get together. Actually, you know, because of the advent of computer technology and the Internet, it's easier than ever. I mean, that's how we've been recording ever yeah. since the pandemic started. Actually, that'd be awesome. Like, have Zoom. I love the fact that we're just spontaneously kind of going, spontaneously, spontaneously going, hey, guys, why don't you read books with your friends over Zoom? Why not? Um, I mean, people watch movies together. People have watch parties. People play games and streams. Like, read some books with some friends. Or if you know a, a people who do this already, let us know. That would be awesome. Mm. If you yeah. have a Discord. Send it to our so many books so little time uh, email address or uh, Twitter feed. We could quite happily share it. That is smbslt podcast at gmail dot com. That is smbslt podcast at gmail dot com. Yes. <laughs> I don't know why that tickled me so much. I'm probably because it was unplanned and it sounded scripted, but it was not. Well, also, also, um, as is the want for summer in Australia, it has been threatening to do a big rain, but it has kind of just like been overcast and humid and done little rains. We've had some flashes of lightning here and there, and then it just calms down. And then it, it's, it's, yeah, we, well, although it has been, there has been flash flooding. Um, mm. uh, there's been oh. flash flooding in the north and in the south. Which is so, great. so on Tuesday, because um, it looked very sunny, but I knew like rain was coming, um, I put my towels out on the line to dry. And then let's say, I'd say, I think it was like 3.30, 4 in the afternoon, um, I was on my bed and I heard a thunder in the background. So I'm like, you know what? It's been, you know, about six hours. Um, I'll go see if my towels are done. I get them off the line, and they're nice and dry and fluffy, and I put them away. I get back to my room, and then it just 
rain down. Boom. It's yeah. <laughs> like, here, have a week's worth of rain, pours bucket. Um, yeah, so banana prices are going to go up for our Australian visitors, um, and possibly anyone who gets their bananas imported from Australia. Uh, banana prices are going to go up because most of our plants just got submerged by a sub cyclone like like it was it was almost as tropical cyclone it didn't quite mean it but it was a deluge of rain you just I see like all these word. banana yeah deluge you just see this video of banana plants where someone's literally driving past on a boat <laughs> to take this footage and there's like these tiny little looks like almost like ferns popping out of the water and what it is it's the top of the banana tree it's it, yeah they're soaked this poor sorry banana plant they aren't trees they're plants not trees they just kind of look tree-ish. They look tree-ish, but they are, in fact, plants. Because they are herbs. Or, as Americans like to say, herb, which I do not understand. I, I always love the Eddie Izzard joke about... Uh, he, he pronounces that with... Uh, he says herb, because there's an F and H in it. Yes. Well, there's that, and I think that might have been... Uh, could have been either a French influence or a Cockney English, or I'm not sure. It's herb, guys. But, but let, let's, let's not rag on Americans too much this week. They've got they, troubles they've got enough, a, as we have alluded that to. That is true. That is true. That is true. Let's not start an international incident this week on Herb. <laughs> herb. <laughs> I wonder if... No, there's different dialects. Um, dialects are fine. Don't. If, if there's a guy called Herb, do they oh, pronounce wow. the H in the U.S.? I would... I would Not because I'm being petty, but I would just love to... If they're, it's an American and his name is Herb, I would just love to just to mess around with him a bit. Would call him Herb just for the fun of it. Or or even better, Herbert. Herbert, no, Herbert. Ah uh, yes, but no, no, I would I, I would not do such a thing. That is horrible and mean and and although hilarious to international listeners, also still mean. And dialects <laughs> are a thing, um, and it's okay. Dialects well, are fine. Dialects are interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And- um, actually, I, I once got a uh, uh, comment on my YouTube video asking me where I was from. Uh, the comment said, uh, yeah, where are you from? Because you talk normally, but then you pronounce some words different. <laughs> Normal. I see. <laughs> okay, listeners, one thing. <laughs> one thing I need to talk about. Um, accents are a thing. Language is malleable and flowy, except if you're part of the Académie Française. Uh, but everything else, everyone else, we understand that language shifts and molds and changes with the time. And that is a good thing, which is why I've been picking these books that are what pre-20th century and just breaking my head, uh, trying to get comfortable with their sentence structure. Dave fixes <laughs> a lot of things because the sentence structure is not what I am accustomed to. I, I don't anyway. I don't know if we brought it up on the podcast, but I I have often playfully jabbed Rue and go, hey, one of these days maybe I'll read a book that's not written in the twentieth century and then I'll get to trip up over the archaic structure. And I use archaic <sighs> not as a negative word, just meaning it's older. The, it's it's not what we're familiar with, okay? Mm. It is not commonly used. And despite that, I, I read quite regularly things that are not written in what we're now familiar with in terms of uh, language structure. Mm. I read a lot of... I read Shakespeare for Pete's sake. Like, that that kind of thing is, is I'm comfortable with it. But I reading mean, in your head is different to reading aloud. Yes, and that's the big thing. Well, even reading out loud, I do read out some things aloud that are... La- it's not language that people... Because uh, of my uh, background, 
I read things that are in different. And I mean, anyone who can read academic science out loud, you you can probably learn a language. That's that's all I'm going to say on that matter. <laughs> um, but the idea is that I think there's a beauty in hearing the different accents and the different pronunciations and the way and word choices and mm. and also acknowledging when certain words have probably um, passed their usefulness especially when they are founded on harming others. Well, you um, know what I mean, folks. I, I, uh, we, we had a short conversation about this in an episode that I did um, cut out of the episode because it was after a flub. Um, yep. But uh, so a lot of, in Northanger Abbey, the characters will uh, say like, is not it or was not it or... Yeah. Well, instead, like today, if we were going to say that, we'd probably say, was it not? You know, we w- we'd put the not at the end, not the not in the middle. And, a that, real... and we say wasn't. Yeah, wasn't. well, that, that's what you brought up, the yeah. idea that we contract it now. We say isn't, wasn't. And Rue thought that perhaps when Austin wrote, the contractions weren't um, a thing that had happened yet. Or at least they weren't commonplace like the, the, no i don't think they were i can't remember i'm not i'm obviously not a literature specialist by the stretch of the imagination um but, but I, yeah but, it's it, the thing yeah, I think yeah so. but here here's the thing as well like even today you know there's a lot of um, i'm putting in quotes writing wisdom that say you should not use contractions so may, maybe it was more prevalent back then we use contractions depending on the setting yes if it's if it's uh spoken language usually oh. unless unless your data in which um no uh, data does not use abbreviations and um that's how you can distinguish him from his evil brother lore oh you were talking about the star trek character i was thinking you were talking yes. about the uh pooling information for academic no, no. purposes no, no, or no, scientific no. purposes no that's data not data ah. data sorry having a, a, a momentary <laughs> I'm having a moment of uh, uh, the next generation quoting in my head. Because but, um, you know, going to the book we're reading now. Yes. Um, yeah, lo- the last chapter was kind of uh, troubling in more ways than one. I mean, it, it, yeah. was, it, it was neat to find out that the manuscript was nothing more than like a laundry list. Uh, and Catherine's imagination was running away with her, as it has done for a lot of the story. And she chastised herself for that. Mm. But then again, she jumped right back into that habit when it came to the behavior of the general. And and learning a, a little, just a tiny bit about uh, Mrs. Tilney, who is no longer with us. Yes. And uh, the idea that why wouldn't you keep a painting of your uh, beloved uh wife in your room or in on display why would you have it hidden away in the bedroom of the only daughter who has also indicated that she is lonely and doesn't have much companionship so yeah there's obviously something afoot in the 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 the, the abbey of northanger the um, game is afoot watson something is afoot well something is going on um as to whether it is how catherine has decided to extrapolate from that information that she has um also it wasn't we were talking about this that catherine already had f- had feelings about the general that she couldn't quite put into words she mm. just it's like he seemed on the surface superficially or at least to her face he felt very effusive 
and generous and polite and welcoming, yes? Mm. But in his behavior, he um, just, the way he talks to his kids, mm. the, his rigid his rigidity regarding time um, and his com- constant complaining about delays and time fixation, things like that. And she, she just felt, so, she felt bad. Remember a few chapters ago, she felt bad that, why is it that I feel so uncomfortable or unple- like that he's unpleasant? Even in this last chapter, she felt a relief she could not explain when her and Eleanor decided to walk down that uh, path that her mother loved so much. Yes, and he didn't join them. Um, His his absence relieves her, and she doesn't understand why. In fact, she was saying she was shocked. It was written she was shocked at how relieved she was. Um, But she didn't dwell on it. But she... Which... Dear Catherine, you need to maybe examine those feelings uh, a little bit closer and actually understand so that you don't jump to conclusions such as the general must have been terrible to his wife and not loved her. Mm. Um, so yes, there's there's all these things. Catherine is learning and then not learning and her, her naivety but also her assumptions that come from her learning from horror books. <sighs> Look, yeah, look, she struggles. Well, I also have the feeling that when this book is over, if there ever was a sequel, like if we ever got another chapter in Catherine's life, um, she would have learned many lessons from this period. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's the point. I think uh, this is a coming-of-age story. I think we have already established it. You've got a young woman who's entering society and learning lessons. It's a coming-of-age story. We're gonna. It's going to be a case of... Uh, a significant series of events and i mean the way that it was laid out in the first couple of chapters she is not the hero as you would expect it but she is a hero the hero of this story nonetheless and the villains aren't the villains that you think they are and villain like sometimes it's not that obvious and then maybe it is you can't tell but he's actually very important you you can't we have all these these this foreshadowing as they say uh, in terms of that something bad will happen is she does this she does foreshadowing here and there but I think we don't know what this bad thing is that will happen. Um, you've you've uh, pointed out some possibilities. Yeah, um, um, I, I don't think anything too um, dramatic will unfold because one of the uh, points of this book is to kind of undercut um, any time the book is going into gothic romance territory, then it's like, no, we're actually not doing that. Yes, like ridiculing as a, oh no, the mysterious thing. Why was it so difficult to open the cabinet? But now in daytime, it's totally fine. What? Like, <laughs> that's mysterious. Yeah, maybe because you were nervous and it was stormy and you freaked yourself out. Like, and it was what, things. like three in the morning? Yeah, it was three in the morning and there was a storm. So also storms will cause wood to expand and swell and make things more difficult to open. But that's a whole other topic. Um <laughs> There's a reason that door gets, you know, at home gets stuck. It's not a poltergeist, guys. When it's a storm, it's probably because the wood is expanding. My, my door has been doing that a lot during summer. Yeah. Kind of summer sticks is, a little now when I close it. Summer is the t- time of the year where we have difficulty opening and closing our front door. It's kind of funny. <laughs> it's like, and every time, it's also the time where my, my siblings visit uh, from other places usually. And they get confused. Like, what's wrong with this door? It's like, no, no, it's just it's just humidity. Like, what? No, it's just humidity. <laughs> it's stuck. We need to fix it. Yeah, some WD-40 and she'll be right. It's all good. <laughs> and a season change. Um, 
but uh, so we continue with chapter 23 and they've had their amble and um, although I think the general offered more walking uh, Catherine politely declined and went um, can we can we go back to the house please and then, the, and then the general said to Eleanor when she wants to walk around the abbey I have to be there yes yeah, like that he is the one who should be giving the guided tour hmm. chapter 23 an hour passed away before the general came in, spent on the part of his young guest in no very favourable consideration of his character. This lengthened absence, these solitary rambles, did not speak a mind at ease or a conscience void of reproach. At length he appeared, and whatever might have been the gloom of his meditations, he could still smile with them. Miss Tilney, understanding in part her friend's curiosity to see the house, soon revived the subject, and her father being, contrary to Catherine's expectations, unprovided with any pretense for further delay, beyond that of stopping five minutes to order refreshments to be in the room by their return, was at last ready to escort them. So remember, he was. it felt to Catherine as though he was trying to not show her the abbey, that there was a hesitance, mm. and that was confusing to her. And then, then uh, Eleanor kind of tried to explain something and then it made the misunderstanding even worse. They set forward and with a grandeur of air, a dignified step which caught the eye but could not shake the doubts of the well-read Catherine, he led the way across the hall through the common drawing room and one useless antechamber into a room magnificent both in size and furniture, the real drawing room used only with company of consequence. It was very noble, very grand, very charming, was all that Catherine had to say, for her indiscriminating eye scarcely discerned the colour of the satin, and all minuteness of praise, all praise that had much meaning, was supplied by the general. The costliness or elegance of any rooms fitting up could be nothing to her. She cared for no furniture of a more modern date than the fifteenth century, when the general had satisfied his own curiosity, in a close examination of every well-known ornament, they proceeded into the library, an apartment in its way of equal magnificence, exhibiting a collection of books on which an humble man might have looked with pride. Catherine heard, admired, and wondered, with more genuine feeling than before, gathered all that she could from this storehouse of knowledge by running over the titles of half a shelf, and was ready to proceed. But suites of apartments did not spring up with her wishes. Large as was the building, she had already visited the greatest part, though on being told that, with the addition of the kitchen, the six or seven rooms she had now seen surrounded three sides of the court. She could scarcely believe it, or overcome the suspicion of there being many chambers secreted. It was some relief, however, that they were to return to the rooms in common use by passing through a few of less importance, looking into the court, which, with occasional passages not wholly unintricate, connected the different sides, and she was further soothed in her progress by being told that she was treading what had once been a cloister, having traces of cells pointed out, and observed several doors that were neither opened nor explained to her, by finding herself successively in a billiard-room and in the general's private apartment, without comprehending their connection or being able to turn a right when she left them, and lastly by passing through a dark little room owning Henry's authority and strewed with his litter of books, guns, and greatcoats. 
From the dining room of which, though already seen, and always to be seen at five o'clock, the general could not forego the pleasure of pacing at the length for the more certain information of Miss Morland, as to what she neither doubted nor cared for, they proceeded by quick communication to the kitchen, the ancient kitchen of the convent, rich in the massy walls and smoke of former days, and in the stoves and hot closets of the present. The general's improving hand had not loitered here. Every modern invention to facilitate the labour of the cooks had been adopted within this, their spacious theatre, and when the genius of others had failed, his own had often produced the perfection wanted. His endowments of this spot alone might at any time have placed him high among the benefactors of the convent. With the walls of the kitchen ended all the antiquity of the abbey. The fourth side of the quadrangle, having on account of its decaying state, been removed by the general's father, and the present erected in its place. All that was venerable ceased here. The new building was not only new, but declared itself to be so. Intended only for offices, and enclosed behind by stable yards, no uniformity of architecture had been thought necessary. Catherine could have raved at the hand which had swept away what must have been beyond the value of all the rest, for the purposes of mere domestic economy, and would willingly have been spared the mortification of a walk through scenes so fallen had the general allowed it. But, if he had a vanity, it was in the arrangement of his offices, and as he was convinced that to a mind like Miss Morland's, a view of the accommodations and comforts by which the labours of her inferiors were softened must always be gratifying, he should make no apology for leading her on. They took a slight survey of all, and Catherine was impressed, beyond her expectation, by their multiplicity and their convenience. The purposes for which a few shapeless pantries and a comfortless scullery were deemed sufficient at Fullerton were here carried on in appropriate divisions, commodious and roomy. The number of servants continually appearing did not strike her less than the number of their offices. Wherever they went, some patent girl stopped to curtsy or some footman in dishabille sneaked off. Yet this was an abbey! How inexpressibly different in these domestic arrangements from such as she had read about, from abbeys and castles, in which, though certainly larger than Northanger, all the dirty work of the house was to be done by two pair of female hands at the utmost. How they could get through it all had often amazed Mrs. Allen, and when Catherine saw what was necessary here, she began to be amazed herself. <laughs> it's a book, that's why. <laughs> Look at they returned to the hall, that the chief staircase might be ascended, and the beauty of its wood and ornaments of rich carving might be pointed out. Having gained the top, they turned in an opposite direction from the gallery in which her room lay, and shortly entered one on the same plan, but superior in length and breadth. Here she was shown successively into three large bedchambers, with their dressing-rooms most completely and handsomely fitted up. Everything that money and taste could do to give comfort and elegance to apartments had been bestowed on these, and being furnished within the last five years, they were perfect in all that would be genuinely pleasing, and wanting in all that could give pleasure to Catherine. As they were surveying the last, the general, after slightly naming a few of the distinguished characters by whom they had at times been honoured, turned with a smiling countenance to Catherine, and ventured to hope that henceforward some of their earliest tenants might be our friends from Fullerton. 
she felt the unexpected compliment and deeply regretted the impossibility of thinking well of a man so kindly disposed towards herself and so full of civility to all her family hmm. the gallery was terminated by folding doors which miss tilney advancing had thrown open and passed through and seemed on the point of doing the same by the first door to the left in another long reach of gallery when the general coming forwards called her hastily and as catherine thought rather angrily back, demanding whether she was going, and what was there more to be seen? Had not Miss Morland already seen all that could be worth her notice? And did she not suppose her friend might be glad of some refreshment after so much exercise? Miss Tilney drew back directly, and the heavy doors were closed upon the mortified Catherine, who, having seen in a momentary glance beyond them a narrower passage, more numerous openings, and symptoms of a winding staircase, believed herself at last within the reach of something worth her notice, and felt, as she unwillingly paced back the gallery, that she would rather be allowed to examine that end of the house than see all the finery of all the rest. The general's evident desire of preventing such an examination was an additional stimulant. Something was certainly to be concealed. <laughs> her fancy, though it had trespassed lately once or twice, could not mislead her here. And what that something was, a short sentence of Miss Tilney's, as they followed the general at some distance downstairs, seemed to point out. I was going to take you into what was my mother's room, the room in which she died, were all her words, but few as they were, they conveyed pages of intelligence to Catherine. It was no wonder that the general should shrink from the sight of such objects as that room must contain a room in all probability never entered by him since the dreadful scene had passed which released his suffering wife and left him to the stings of conscience she ventured when next alone with eleanor to express her wish of being permitted to see it as well as all the rest of that side of the house and eleanor promised to attend her there whenever they should have a convenient hour catherine understood her the general must be watched from home before that room could be entered it remains as it was i suppose said she in a tone of feeling yes entirely and how long ago may it be that your mother died she has been dead these nine years and nine years catherine knew was a trifle of time compared with what generally elapsed after the death of an injured wife before her room was put to rights you were with her i suppose to the last no said miss tilney sighing I was unfortunately from home. Her illness was sudden and short, and before I arrived it was all over. Catherine's blood ran cold with the horrid suggestions which naturally sprang from these words. Could it be possible? Could Henry's father? And yet, how many were the examples to justify even the blackest suspicions? And when she saw him in the evening, while she worked with her friend, slowly pacing the drawing-room for an hour together in silent thoughtfulness with downcast eyes and contracted brow she felt secure from all possibility of wronging him it was the air and attitude of a montoni what could more plainly speak the gloomy workings of a mind not wholly dead to every sense of humanity in its fearful review of past scenes of guilt unhappy man and the anxiousness of her spirits directed her eyes towards his figure so repeatedly as to catch Miss Tilney's notice. "'My father,' she whispered, "'often walks about the room in this way. It is nothing unusual.' 
So much the worse, thought Catherine. Such ill-timed exercise was of a piece with the strange unseasonableness of his morning walks and boded nothing good. After an evening, the little variety and seeming length of which made her peculiarly sensible of Henry's importance among them, she was heartily glad to be dismissed, though it was a look from the general not designed for her observation which sent his daughter to the bell. When the butler would have lit his master's candle, however, he was forbidden. The latter was not going to retire. "'I have many pamphlets to finish,' said he to Catherine, "'before I can close my eyes, and perhaps may be poring over the affairs of the nation for hours after you are asleep. Can either of us be more meetly employed? My eyes will be blinding for the good of others, and yours preparing by rest for future mischief.' <laughs> but neither the business alleged nor the magnificent compliment could win Catherine from thinking that some very different object must occasion so serious a delay of proper repose to be kept up for hours after the family were in bed by stupid pamphlets was not very likely there must be some deeper cause something was to be done which could be done only while the household slept and the probability that mrs tilney yet lived shut up for causes unknown and receiving from the pitiless hands of her husband a nightly supply of coarse food was the conclusion which necessarily followed ah <sighs> <laughs> oh, catherine Shocking as was the idea, it was at least better than a death unfairly hastened, as, in the natural course of things, she must ere long be released. The suddenness of her reputed illness, the absence of her daughter, and probably of her other children at the time, all favoured the supposition of her imprisonment. Its origin, jealousy perhaps, or wanton cruelty, was yet to be unravelled. In revolving these matters while she undressed, it suddenly struck her as not unlikely that she might that morning have passed near the very spot of this unfortunate woman's confinement, might have been within a few paces of the cell in which she languished out her days. For what part of the abbey could be more fitted for the purpose than that which yet bore the traces of monastic division? In the high-arched passage paved with stone, which already she had trodden with peculiar awe, she well remembered the doors of which the general had given no account. To what might not those doors lead? In support of the plausibility of this conjecture, it further occurred to her that the forbidden gallery in which lay the apartments of the unfortunate Mrs. Tilney must be, as certainly as her memory could guide her, exactly over this suspected range of cells, and the staircase by the side of whose apartment of which she had caught a transient glimpse communicating by some secret means with those cells might well have favoured the barbarous proceedings of her husband down that staircase she had perhaps been conveyed in a state of well-prepared insensibility Catherine sometimes started at the boldness of her own surmises and sometimes hoped or feared that she had gone too far but they were supported by such appearances as made their dismissal impossible. The side of the quadrangle in which she supposed the guilty scene to be acting, being according to her belief just opposite her own, it struck her that if judiciously watched, some rays of light from the general's lamp might glimmer through the lower windows as he passed to the prison of his wife, and twice before she stepped into bed, she stole gently from her room to the corresponding window in the gallery to see if it appeared. But all abroad was dark, and it must yet be too early. The various ascending noises convinced her that the servants must still be up. 
Till midnight, she supposed, it would be in vain to watch. But then, when the clock had struck twelve, and all was quiet, she would, if not quite appalled by darkness, steal out and look once more. The clock struck twelve, and Catherine had been half an hour asleep. Oh boy. So you well, can see, yeah. I am kind of getting, um, uh, I thought of Jane Eyre when she was putting together her machinations of what could be happening in the Abbey. Yep. Yep. It's a thing. It's, it's, I mean, valid, valid. Uh, and the thing is that kind of stuff. <sighs> Not uncommon. Yeah. So, mm, so minor content warning. Uh, forced institutionalization so we know this from i mean still happens to some extent yeah. oh dear. um there were i mean i'm sure some uh, folks if you haven't seen it yet uh look up the list for reasons why women were women and girls were uh, put into um it were institutionalized why they were sent to asylums including reading novels um Arguably, a husband could probably get, or family or father, like anyone could get their spouse or their daughter um, institutionalized for speaking back to them. Um, there was there's also bribery, of course. Um, yeah, there's the <clears throat> the idea of having your wife kind of locked up in a in a thing under the argument that they were not of a sound mind happened a lot or mm. at least happened sufficiently that it became a, a, like it was it was a, a thing it was a known thing um we've discussed earlier in the book that uh social protections were limited and um that women were essentially the property of their spouse they did not have usually land rights and this happened after so there's a whole like if you look into historians they've looked into this and they said initially women had a lot more rights a lot more power a lot more rights a lot of more, uh, protections and then um in an effort to control the wealth and to ensure that the wealth also remained more wealth fell into the hands of the church mm. um because that was the thing people yeah so, so we had governments, we had um, churches, we had different um, power structures that were trying to accumulate, uh, 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 trying to amass wealth and power. And one of the obvious ways to do so is to, um, is generally women, is to target women and to control women. And it, this is regardless of whether someone is or isn't into the concept of feminism, there are, like the history is there. Um, mm. and and to learn from it is important and um, by no means are if we look at humanity as a whole and that means looking regardless of what country you're in if you look at the legislation that surrounds a lot of things it's there are still issues um, there's some really archaic laws that sometimes haven't actually been the loopholes haven't been closed and that's a problem because it can get abused quite easily um, so yes there are there are challenges. There's challenging issues. And once again, I'm very disappointed in Catherine for letting her imagination. I am, and yet, see, here, you've got all these things that are happening, right? The behavior is suspicious. She, we know she has a very 
vivid imagination and she reads books that also stimulate said imagination. There's nothing wrong with reading books, but she takes these books maybe a little bit too literally. Mm. Then again, this is also... Remember how they were they were discussing Lord Byron? I don't. They they were discussing how very shocking um he's as bad as Lord Byron. Oh, whoo, like that that kind of response back with Isabel. So there had been stories that were actually not far from uh realities. Right. So some of this stuff not the ghosts obviously or things like that, but little things like well, little things. Um well like uh, a husband locking up his, his spouse or um, being cruel or torturing or taking advantage of. or And th- those things did happen. She just, But she is still so... She's not that well-versed with the world to know what has and hasn't happened that is shocking. Mm. But she knows shocking things have happened in the world. She goes, but truly no, nothing like that. I'll never be there. I'll never witness it. But then she, she also never thought she'd ever go to an abbey. And so she's going, oh, I'm going to an abbey. Okay, I never thought I'd do that. And Henry stirred up her imagination on the way over. Yeah, so there's things that, that she's having difficulty because she's not familiar with enough things that have happened in her. Like her, her worldview is very limited to, she's had a very sheltered life. We've said mm-hmm. this before. She's very sheltered. She's seen glimpses of things that have happened in the world and has been engaging with Isabella in a way that she's found out shocking things do happen in real mm. life. Um, and she is also being confused by the behavior she's seen by other people. So she kind of says, well, maybe the things that I read in books, maybe they could be real. Maybe these, maybe I could experience them. Maybe I could be like in a a character in a a book. Like, I think that's almost that beginning where Jane, um, Austen is, is talking about, um, she's, you know, you might not realize it, but she's a hero. It could also be mocking Catherine. Because Catherine is envisaging herself as the um, protagonist in a novel, essentially. Right. If that makes sense. So she's... Yeah, no, no, completely. I, yeah. I mean, I, on the baseline, pretty much the whole book, I've just been thinking that Austen's been thumbing her nose at the Gothic romance. But you're very right. She could be mocking Catherine as well. Yeah, because Catherine, she... she so naive. Like, yeah, she is sheltered. And the thing is, the idea is that if you've got such a sheltered person and they're only, essentially, the only interaction with, with possibility or re- possible realities is a gothic romance. Because she said, uh, Jane Austen's like going, hey, novels are great. Novels are, are fantastic. But maybe, I think, which is, I mean, I don't know what she was trying to say, but I'm going to interpret it with some license here. My license to interpret is coming across as she's trying to say you you can read novels and you can read books and everything and that's great and you should be encouraged to do that don't let people make fun of you for that that's awesome but maybe read a little bit more than just the gothic romances because they are to the point of they're almost grotesque like they're extreme um distortions of reality and they they focus on shocking you as opposed to actually allowing you to um for, for the sake of almost she's it's like when you have people who are, are um, making commentary on um, you know how people do shocking things or they fake shocking things for the likes on uh, social yeah, media yeah, yeah. on YouTube and stuff and, and the idea is that 
why go for the lowest common denominator? Why don't you just do something that is like creative or helpful or constructive or beautiful or challenging or adventurous, but not like her, her, um, she is mocking Well, she's mocking the Gothic romance, but also that what people will do in order to experience novelty. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that, that was kind of sprinkled a bit in Bath, how uh, yeah. tired uh, everyone got of it within weeks. And... Yes, like there's this, like, learn to enjoy the moment. It might not be particularly exciting to take a walk in a garden and enjoy some blossoms. But you know what? If you can enjoy those blossoms, it's almost like she's having a commentary of mindfulness. Like, just because, uh, you know, it ain't broke, don't fix it. But also... Yeah. There's a difference between innovation and doing things simply for entertainment. Well, well, I'm just thinking the, the, the one of the biggest conflicts of the book so far was when um, Isabella and uh, James and John wanted to go to that, that other yeah. abbey. And um, Catherine had already uh, set herself to walk with the Tilneys. And it yeah. is that thing like, let's go on a, on a cart ride, which is exhilarating, and we'll go see an abbey. And instead, she had a much better time walking and talking with two people whose company yeah. she enjoyed. So, so there's that idea of those are the there's the fast movers. They want that novelty. They want to look how fast my horse can go and look how much I can hunt. And so, like, it's all about acquisition and impressing. Whereas these other folks are like, let's just have a nice walk and have a conversation and actually have quality engagement. She, um, it's not to say that. Uh, Austin wasn't innovative. She was. She was innovative. She didn't stick too much. I mean, she did things that were were outside of the norm, but she's almost mocking or commenting on just because you can doesn't mean you should. Mm. Just writing all sorts of things that encourage you to imagine the worst of people. Mm, that's another big one. Yeah, if you, if you read a lot of. Uh books with very dastardly villains in it it might give you a um a skewed view of actually that's very similar to the whole doom scrolling thing when you when you're yeah. just seeing like on twitter you know person after person after person just with this uh, either anxiety or fear or negativity it kind of yeah it kind of paints your view of what people are like and it also they... it influences how you interact and respond to other people as well because you're in a mindset where no, everyone must have bad intentions or whatever. Like you, like you, you start questioning people's motivation and intention and how they express themselves, and then you start to express yourself in a way where it's it's heavily cynical or, uh, but yeah. And so if if you don't take a moment to also, and it doesn't mean that it's not about self indulgence. It's not about just have joy and happy sparkle sparkle in your life. No, we recognize there's difficulties in life. We recognize there's challenges, but not to paint absolutely everything as being um malice you know there's that expression of uh never attribute to malice i can't remember. it's one of the the never attribute to malice what you can to incompetence yes um and incompetence or ignorance or like it's where it's People aren't being people aren't doing this awful thing because they're nasty most of the time they're just doing it because they didn't know any better or there's the, or ignorance or uh, ca not callous. So sometimes it's not callousness. It's just a, a lack of uh, accountability or responsibility or awareness. There's a lack of self-awareness as well or impact. There are people out there who will do it maliciously, yeah. but they're they're of 
they're much smaller percentage than you might think. Yes, and then these novels, like the gothic novels, try and skew it so that it's, oh, mm. you know, be suspicious. Having, in fact, arguably, it's like you know when you have media that promotes the idea of fear and outrage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not actually that constructive or helpful, and it takes away from that. Um, it doesn't mean that you you let yourself be taken for a ride. It doesn't mm. mean that you uh, don't have some dignity. It doesn't mean that you bad things don't happen. In fact, the opposite doesn't mean that you shouldn't hold someone accountable for hurting you. Yeah. None of these things are excuses. They are, however, um, allowing the like our worldviews. I guess in this case, Catherine's worldview is becoming tainted. Mm-hmm by things that might have a different explanation, but she's failing to see the other possibility because, again, she's only getting part of the information and it's coming through a lens of an overactive imagination that has been also affected by her impression of this guy, which is not yeah. great. Um, and I think there, there's also a lesson in that um, you need to read variety. Sticking to just one genre has its pitfalls. Yes. Yes, it does. It's. I mean... Read, read a variety and also try and read things also that don't take away from your ability to care for people and trust people. doesn't mean you, you trust without uh, condition. It's, it's not that. You, like, you don't trust. Uh, the expression is don't trust blind, blindly, but I don't like it because that implies that someone who is blind is, has fewer skills than silly. Um, what about the whole trust but verify? Yeah, trust but verify. Like, and it doesn't mean that you don't trust the person. It's that you like today. I saw a bit of news, and I was going, I don't know if that's true. Let me double check and get more information. And I double checked, and I, I ma managed to get different sources that weren't just repeating the same uh, mm -hmm. original source. Um, and the same way in science, it's good to have confirming like. People ask, why do you do the same experiment again? Why are you having a different group? There is, it is almost equally important to contribute uh, research that verifies previous observations. Mm -hmm. uh, in fact, arguably more important mm -hmm. to verify past observations than it is to provide new observations and insights. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it, it, it yeah to consolidate. Mm. Art, art view, I guess. Um, but yeah, so the, I, you can see how. So Catherine is. Um, <sighs> I, I love how James was gone. The clock struck twelve, and Catherine had fallen asleep half an hour ago. So sh she was already too tired. That wasn't going to happen. I, I also uh, I was a bit disappointed where, like, as the, uh, she was being shown through the Abbey, uh, I thought there might have been more when they reached the library, but it just seemed like every other room to just move on. <laughs> She was a little bit more engaged with the library, but I think she was already looking for something mysterious. Yeah, be, because I guess also it's it's that she doesn't know how to interpret the bad vibes she's getting off the general, and in this yeah. um, in this tour, bad vibes are him boasting about everything in everything. every room. Yeah, well, she didn't. Whether she even got a chance to express anything. Mm. Is another thing because we've seen this as a pattern, and also maybe, you know, when you're being when you're around someone that you don't quite trust and you're not quite comfortable with, mm -hmm. you tend to not express yourself as much. Yeah, uh, Henry's absence was also commented on or noticed by Catherine's thoughts, mm. and I think she, uh, I mean, you had the whole like she didn't want to go out into the garden because 
<laughs> she didn't know what was pretty <laughs> until Henry told her. Like, oh, yeah. She she is aware of her ignorance of the world and sometimes that she wants to learn more via uh, Henry. Well, I think she also, you know, likes him and wants to spend well, more time with him. But but there's even even you know like I like the that part where she was reaching these conclusions and the book said the conclusion she was reaching uh, shocked her and made her hope she was just her imagination was going too far. But then she doubled down, going, "No, but there's all this evidence." That's the thing. Like you convince yourself by evidence that supports your narrative, though, mm-hmm. and that's we know is an issue that uh, we as humans can fall into as a well, trap. Well, it's it's so easy to start with a conclusion and then find things to support that conclusion. Mm. We're very good at that. Yeah, yeah. And then easy to dismiss the ones that don't. <sighs> anyway, but we'll work on it. That's so, why it's important to consider all the evidence. But yes. Uh, on that note, we will wrap it up and so that you can <laughs> consider all the evidence of chapter 23. At your own time and at your pace. So the music at the top of the podcast is by Charlie Mole. It's Northanger Abbey as played by the Regency Players. Then there's music at the end of the podcast, which is I Am The Slime by Frank Zappa. You can usually find me on Twitter at Rue McMoo. That's R-O-O-M-C-M-O-O. And I'm and... over on Twitter at Dave underscore the underscore turnip. Uh, we have a Twitter page and a Facebook page. They're both at SMBSLT Podcast. And if you would like to email us, it is smbsltpodcast at gmail.com. Please, we would love to hear any feedback you have on the book, on our discussion. If you have future books that you would like us to consider reading, we will take that under advisement. Really, we just love to hear from you. We know you're out there listening. We're, we're, we're quite happy about uh, the amount of people we are reaching with this podcast. And we, we thank you for sticking with it and us every week um we hope you're enjoying ourselves and we would love to hear if you are and of course whether you're starting to read books with your friends whether virtually or um in person although you know try and stay safe as much as you can please thank you until next time where we will be reading chapter 24 uh enjoy your reading folks uh and have a good one Thank you.